Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Chris Cast. I'm your host, Chris. Joining me, as always, by Zoom is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello. Well, we're going to get right to it this week, because first up, I know this one's going to excite Paul if he hasn't seen it yet. I'm just, I'm taking a guess here, but I'm pretty sure he's going to enjoy this one. This is from Hypebeast.com, because we're starting out with food this week, by the way. Buffalo Wild Wings reveals exclusive new Mountain Dew Legend flavor. It's Blackberry Mountain Dew. Blackberry Mountain Dew? And you can only get it at Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, I'm pretty sure they've already came out with Blackberry Mountain Dew before. This, not Buffalo Wild Wings, but Mountain Dew. I've not... Everything that I've seen, this is brand new, and it's exclusive to Buffalo Wild Wings. Hmm, interesting. Maybe I was thinking about something else, but... Ooh, yeah. I will get that. I there, will just go there to eat there, just get that, to try I wouldn't mind trying it, but I don't like sodas that much, so I'm not going out of my way to get it, and... It would be one of those things, I just want a taste of it. I don't want a whole thing. I want to do a little search on that right quick. But it is available now. No, by mid-May this year. So the drink is scheduled to roll out to all sports bars by mid-May this year. I was going to say, Blackberry season is nowhere near, the, you know... That makes sense coming up in, in May. So, I got a couple coffee items as well this week. This is from DunkinDonuts.com. Frankfurt Candies Dunkin' Iced Coffee Flavored Jelly Beans are back this Easter by popular demand. Hey, you know, I won't be eating coffee-flavored jelly beans, but I thought you might appreciate them. Yeah, that sounds good to me. The The package shows, looks like butter pecan, caramel latte, hazelnut, French vanilla, and toasted coconut. There's a glare on the package, so it was hard to tell. Now, what kind of, what was that, who, who put those out? Duncan. It, it's Again, it's DunkinDonuts.com. Dunkin' Iced Coffee Flavored Jelly Beans come in a 13-ounce bag at a suggested retail price of $3.99 and are available at retailers nationwide, including Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Five Below, Rite Aid, and Big Lots, as well as online at Amazon and FrankfurtCandy.com. When are they coming out? Uh, apparently, they're out now. I'm not seeing... Yeah, here's the... It's five flavors. French vanilla, don't caramel these, latte, butter make... pecan, toasted coconut, and hazelnut. Ooh, I like that. Um, I will stop off by Rite Aid in the morning on the way into work and see if I can find them. It says uh, here, buy online at RiteAid.com. Yeah, it's, you can also uh, get them at Amazon and FrankfordCandy.com. So. Maybe I'll get on Amazon. I just haven't shipped to my work, so I don't have to worry about that. Don't 
Duncan. Right. I'm going to get on Amazon and buy them right quick. Do, do you like coffee creamer? Oh, yes, I do. Because totallythebomb.com has another coffee treat for you. Coffee Mate is releasing a drumstick flavored coffee creamer. Drumstick? I don't know. Drumsticks are pretty good, so. I enjoy uh, them a lot. I won't be buying them off. I won't be buying them off of there because they're twelve dollars bag. Uh, suggested retail is three ninety nine. So yeah. Here I can buy Krispy Kremes for five dollars a bag and have it sent. Screw that. I will stop off by Rite Aid and get some in the morning. If, if they have them, yes. <laughs> It didn't say anything about when they released, so I'm guessing they're already out. But, but yeah, I'd, that's that and the the drumstick coffee creamer I will have no use for, so I won't be getting uh, it. But, no, gross. But I, I'm telling you, drumstick's good. And considering all the other coffee makes, like the the hazelnut and the M and M's, and I think they did a Snickers. What what's so gross about drumstick compared to all of those? It's pretty much the same thing. I picked up a creamer of. Hold on, I'm gonna. I have my headset on, and I never saw this one before. So you're gonna hear a television in the background here in a second. But I'm gonna walk in there to the refrigerator and see what it is. I've never seen it before. What is it? Give me a second. I don't know. I gotta go look at it. I've never seen it before. I found it at Food Line today. You're going to get ready to hear television in the background. It's going to be my dad. Just hold on a second. We're walking in and looking at the refrigerator. Yeah. As see. everybody is uh, waiting with bated breath. Wheelie, uh, here it is. Wheelie Wonka's Fudgy Caramel. Uh, yeah, you have the package? Bring the package in. Let me see it because I have no clue. International delight. Oh, it's creamer. You see a creamer? Yeah, I found it online. It's it's creamer. I, again, I won't have anything for it. But what's what's so great about that? That's so terrible about drumstick. I don't know. I thought I'd try it. But it's that seems kind of the same as the drumstick. No, drumstick will taste different. I don't know about all that graham cracker. Tasty, I don't know. It's not graham cracker. Whatever that drumstick is. Drumstick is a sugar cone with ice cream and nuts and chocolate. See, I don't like the cone. I don't like that cone thing. I well, don't like that. We all know that Paul is a weirdo now if he doesn't like the ice cream cone. Look at the friends I keep. Well, sometimes we wonder why we keep you around. I screw you. Okay, take them back there, taking us back to the refrigerator. Okay, well hit mute, and I'm going to talk about the next one. This is from Chewboom.com, and it is Frankfurt Candy introduces new Easter Rice Krispies and Apple Jacks treats. As the pictures are showing milk chocolate and cereal Rice Krispies Easter Bunny, 
and milk chocolate and cereal eggs, Rice Krispies, and then Apple Jacks cereal and candy with a white chocolate bunny, it looks like. So, they, the, the Apple Jacks one actually looks kind of tasty, I gotta say. Can you hear me? Yeah. But the, the descriptions on ChewBoom.com, Rice Krispies Milk Chocolate Rabbit, original Rice Krispies cereal combined with milk chocolate and a rabbit shape for a crispy and crunchy Easter treat. The Rice Krispies Milk Chocolate Rabbit is available in a 1.6 ounce individual size for a suggested price of $2.50 at Walmart and 5 Below stores nationwide. You can also get it in a 5 ounce individual size for a suggested price of $4.99 at Menards, Giant Eagle, and HEB stores nationwide, as well as online at Amazon and FrankfurtCandy.com. Apple Jack's White Candy Rabbit, the classic apple and cinnamon flavor of Apple Jack's cereal in a creamy white candy rabbit shape. The Apple Jack's White Candy Rabbit is available in a 1.6 ounce individual size at a suggested retail price of $2.50 at Walmart and Five Below stores nationwide, as well as online at Walmart.com, Amazon, and FrankfurtCandy.com. And Rice Krispies Milk Chocolate Eggs. Crispy and crunchy half-inch eggs made with milk chocolate and original Rice Krispies cereal. Rice Krispies Milk Chocolate Eggs come in a 5-ounce package designed to resemble a cereal box for a suggested price of $4. You can also get them at CVS and Wegmans stores nationwide, as well as online at Amazon and FrankfordCandy.com. So, FrankfordCandy.com is the place to go for everything this week, it looks like. You can get the Dunkin' Donuts jelly beans there. You can get the Rice Krispies Rabbit, the Rice Krispies Eggs, and the Apple Jacks Rabbit. Okay, what was that website again? <laughs> Frankford, F-R-A-N-K-F-O-R-D, Candy, C-A-N-D-Y, dot com. Frankford Candy, okay. I don't know what shipping will cost there, but they've got all I'm there now. Tasty treats. But I, I do like... And the white that, chocolate... That just looks odd. Or the that white candy rabbit. Bunny. I'm wondering if that's like the old milk candy rabbits that I used to get when I was a kid. Do you remember those? I remember that. They were white, but they weren't white chocolate. They were milk candy. So I'm wondering if that's what the Apple Jacks white candy rabbit is. I don't know, but it looks odd. Uh, it looks like a white rabbit. Yeah, they're still wanting $8 for that bag where I can stop off at Rite Aid and get it for $3.99. No, I won't be doing that. So. Yeah. But, so, lots of, lots of new flavors there. Do you have any f food items, or shall we move on to the the not-so-fun stuff. I don't have any food to talk about. I'm bored next week. In fact, I, here, this part of your message is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I got that as my snack today. <laughs> well, at least it's good stuff. Well, the, yeah. We'll move on to the political world. And I did intentionally say political in case anybody... I was wondering out there. It wasn't a slip of the tongue. That was intentional. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I, I meant to say it that way. 
This is from Yahoo Life Insider. Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, may have registered to vote in the 2020 election at an address he didn't live at. What a shock! One of Trump's cronies here, was voting illegally. Here in North Carolina. Exactly. To a home. And the, the property owner that it was registered to said that he may have never stayed at the property. You can't just... A tiny mobile... A, it was a tiny mobile home. You can't just rent a property to get a vote. That's not how it works. You actually have to reside at the property. Yeah, they're saying that he, he possibly has committed a voter fraud and could face that. Well, again, what a shock that it's a Trumpster that committed voter fraud. Because the election was rigged, you know. And for those who want it, on this article it says, he listed a mobile home in Scaly Mountain, North Carolina as the place where he physically lives. Do you honestly think somebody working as chief of staff for Trump was living in a mobile home in Scaly Mountain, North Carolina. I mean, honestly. No, and nothing against Scaly Mountain, North Carolina, but that sounds sketchy to begin with. Well, beyond that, do you think, regardless of where it's located, we'll just, I'll throw out a hypothetical, but do you think a Trump chief of staff is going to live in a mobile home in Los Angeles, California. Do you think Trump's chief of staff is going to live in a mobile home in Miami, Florida? Do you think Trump's chief of staff is going to live in a mobile home in New York City? They're not going to live in a mobile home. Let's rewind that for a second. I have seen some really nice mobile homes down in Miami, by the way. Yeah, but... A Trump chief of staff is not going to live in a mobile home. Yeah. Those uh, those retiree communities that has mobile homes and stuff down there, they have them really fixed up nice. Yeah. But, um, no, I don't see him doing that. And, and I saw that Bill Barr, in some interview, I don't know where it was from, but... Because, you know, he's doing the book rounds right now, trying to sell his book where he talks about all the bad that Trump did. And then in an interview, he claimed he would vote for Trump again. It's like, how are you going to badmouth all the things that he did in this book trying to sell your book and then claim you're going to vote for the man? Who you're calling a criminal without calling him a criminal. That's like, um, I follow these guys on, um, I'm going to open up this Reese's Peanut Butter Cup right quick. Um, on TikTok, and they go around to all the Trump's um, rallies he does, and they actually interviewed women and men. They said, would you vote for Trump if he um, molested children? One of them said, yes. I said, if, would you vote for Trump if all these rape allegations were true? They said, yes. Of course. They even asked if he would kill someone, would they vote for Trump? And one lady said yes, and the other guy said no. They have no morals. They don't care what the man does. You know what question I would like 
posed to them? They don't care. This this is the question I would like posed to the Trumpsters that will vote for him no matter what. Dear such and so Trumpster, would you vote for Barack Obama if Donald Trump told you to? Their heads would literally explode on that one. Yeah. Because that's the man they have to hate because Trump told them to because, you know, racism and everything. Would you vote for Hillary Clinton if Trump told you to? I bet they would. I'm sure they would. I bet they would. Because that's their golden calf. Yep. They they won't admit it. But let's face it, everything with Trump is about hate. He wins because he hates the people that his supporters hate. Even if it's a lie. Yeah, he, he brings the hate out in people. And speaking of someone to hate, Elon Musk has made the news again. This is from MSN.com. Elon Musk says Starlink won't block Russian news, quote, unless at gunpoint. Elon Musk is siding with Putin. No, he's not. Well, that's basically what this is. Because he moved his his own satellites over Ukraine to give them free internet. Everybody is fleeing Russia. Elon Musk refuses to block Russian news. Well, maybe because the Ukrainians need to see it. But you're not seeing facts on Russian news. Remember there was the new law that Russia instated that you can't report anything that goes against the government or what they say. So, I'm still not going to fault him because he's given he's given internet to, to Afghanistan for free. I'm not going to fault him. Uh, I'm faulting him because... One, he's a Trump supporter. Two, he's refusing to block Russian news, which we know is not fact, by Russia's own admittance. And three, he just seems like a smarmy individual. I've discussed this with one of my friends over the weekend about Elon Musk. All the people that are really, really smart are really, really strange. Except like, um, um, what's his face? E equals MC squared, what's his name? Einstein. Einstein was an awkward individual. He was so smart, he was awkward. Paul proving himself to be an Einstein when he can't even remember Albert Einstein's name. I'm not, I, I did not claim that I was an Einstein. I didn't claim I was smart either. I'm just saying... Well, neither All did anybody else. All smart people are awkward. 
We're all smart people are awkward. Is that why I'm awkward? Because I'm a damn genius, you know. Yeah, whatever. Um, So, Thomas Edison, he was awkward as well. I toured his his winter home in Florida when I was in school. I want to say it's Fort Myers because I'm old enough to remember it and I would have been old enough to remember Fort Myers where I wouldn't have been old enough to remember Palm Beach as much. West Palm Beach is where the the poor people live, not the rich people. Because we lived in West Palm. Yeah. But it was... It was a pretty interesting little tour. I wouldn't mind going back and doing it again now that I can actually enjoy it and know what I'm doing. And more people that we hate. Let's talk about Florida for a minute, shall we? Oh, that's so tiring. What what part what part of who? DeSantis, of course. Well, you know, they've got the don't say gay bill that passed. Of course. And they've got DeSantis, who just last week was belittling students because they were wearing a mask. Yeah, I saw that video on TikTok. And didn't let up, didn't apologize, and then defended what he said instead of apologizing. Yeah. Jerk. So, not real happy with with Florida at all. But, some good news out of Utah, of all places. This is from fox13now.com Governor Cox promises to veto on Bill banning transgender children from school sports. I don't care where you stand on this. My question to you is if you are against transgender athletes, how big of a problem is transgender athletics? How many transgender athletes are there actually out there? And shouldn't we take it on a case-by-case basis? Instead of an all-out ban? It needs to be a case-by-case basis because I can see where some instances I don't think a transgender male to female would be fair. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Put it on a case-by-case basis and then you can decide from there. But I'm going to use the wrestling group AEW for an example. They've got two, well, I'm going to say supposed because I'll explain in a minute, but transgender wrestlers on the roster. One is Nyla Rose, who wrestles in the women's division, has been the women's champion, is a transgender athlete, and she is billed as the beast, Nyla Rose, and she's a very large woman. She she was the one that I would like to see in a match against Awesome Kong. We never got that match. But 
if you know me personally, you know that I absolutely loved Awesome Kong. She was a great monster female wrestler. I've met the woman. She's as sweet as she can be in person. But she puts on a great monster wrestler. And she was also in the Netflix series Glow. So, the welfare queen... Is that, I think one, of those is, you met at, is that one of those that you met at WrestleCade? Yes. Met her at WrestleCade. Had a nice conversation with her. I've, I've actually emailed her through like Facebook a couple of times and chatted real slightly. I mean, I'm... I'm not going to say that if she saw me on the street, she would know exactly who I am. She wouldn't have a clue. But, yeah. I mean, she, she's she been approachable. She's been very nice. And every time I've talked to her, and she, she was a great female wrestler. And I'm not going to say that about a lot of female wrestlers, because there's really not a lot of great female wrestlers. Even some of the ones that I loved, like Wendy Richter, were not great female wrestlers. About Charlotte Flair, she would be in a different different category of. I would put her in great. I'm gonna say she's great. I like her because. But look at who her dad was. She of grew course. up in the business, so, and Becky Lynch would be another one that you could label as a great wrestler in the females. But you don't get a lot of great female wrestlers, and the other transgender athlete in AEW is Sonny Kiss. And that's the one that puzzles me. Because I said Nyla Rose, male to female, transgender, wrestles as a female wrestler. Sonny Kiss claims to be transgender, but wrestles in the men's division. Sonny Kiss was born a male. So I don't understand how Sonny Kiss is transgender and wrestles in the male division. When you've got Nyla Rose who's transgender. Mo- is she a big mofo? No, Sonny Kiss is very skinny. Muscular, but skinny. Maybe she just feels more at home wrestling dudes. I don't well, know. For anybody out there that wants to look him up, S-O-N-N-Y, and then kiss. and But that's my point, is if AEW had a, a ban on transgender athletes, Nyla Rose would have to wrestle the men's division. And Nyla Rose probably could handle herself in the men's division, quite honestly. I mean, you think China. You, you're talking about the... Again, kind of a monster wrestler with Nyla Rose. Okay, I'm looking at Sonny Kiss right now. Yeah, wears makeup, keeps his hair cropped short, wears the crop top, usually when I see him. So I... He... he uh, oh, okay, I was going to say, I've yet to see him looking like a dude. Well, right here he looks like a dude. But... Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see him wrestling men. I mean, he's... He claims to be transgender, though, which would make him female now. But, there, but he's wrestling but in the men's no, division. But he has no boobs. That's there's no boobs there. But he claims to be transgender and female. I'm so, sorry, but I'm looking at this picture right here. It looks like he's like padding 
something right there in the crotch area like he's trying to cover it up. Well, I mean, the the outfits are very feminine. See? I can see I've seen see what I'm talking about? I've seen him plenty of times, Paul. Well, I'm just saying that picture right there makes it look like he's trying to cover something up. But that's what I'm saying. I don't understand how he could be considered transgender when he wrestles in the men's division and was born a male. Like, I'm in no oh, way, he... shape, or form against transgender athletes. But, yeah, he's not transgender definitely. to look at him. There's definitely a bulge there, I see it. Paul, you're Especially studying that way shot. too hard. No, I'm for real. If, I mean, if he's transgender, he'd have done had his penis taken off. And that penis <laughs> is still there. Again, the the comments made by Paula are not necessarily those of the Chris cast. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, most transgender uh, male to females are have the operation. Or hormones that reduce stuff. But the hormones that makes it makes it smaller, and this is not smaller. But my regardless of all that, my point is... He claims to be transgender. He claims yeah, to be transgender okay, female it. and wrestles in the men's division. So how do you justify him being transgender in the male division and Nyla Rose being transgender in the female division? There's your boy. Yeah, well that's really old because Cody's gone from AEW now too. But that's it for my political stuff. Did you have any political news or move on to entertainment? Did you see where the Did you see where Lindsey Graham got in trouble on Twitter? Yeah, which I can't I can't say that I was thrilled with what Lindsey Graham said ever. But advocating for the murder of somebody, yeah, no. Advocating for someone in in Moscow to step up and take a bullet to Putin's head. Yeah, it's like I said. I I will never advocate murder. I will never advocate death. I will speak against Trump till the day I die because I've been against him for what eighty eight, so You're... thirty, forty four, almost thirty five years now. I've been against Trump. The opinion has not changed in all that time. But I still don't advocate for his death. I'm talking about Putin. I don't advocate for his death either. Mm. Okay. At no point will I ever advocate for someone's death. The death of Mariah Carey's music career, though, that's a different story. I am not jealous of her. I just hate hearing her. There's no jealousy there. If I were going to be jealous of somebody, it would be Madonna because she is fantastic. I am not jealous of Mariah Carey. episode of this podcast, you talk about Mariah Carey. You're obsessed with her. No, I was just pointing out somebody else that I hate, I'd advocate for her the death of her musical career. 
not the death of her. Uh, I don't sure her musical career is going to go anywhere anytime soon. Well, it should, like it did several years ago. Yeah, but it's back beaming like crazy. Remember, so. Universal paid her to shut up after Glitter soundtrack. Well, Glitter was terrible. <laughs> like everything else Mariah Carey's done. Oh, whatever. But, anyways, moving on. This is from MarketWatch.com, and it is not a surprise. I foresee much more of this happening. NBC Universal ends content sharing deal with Hulu. NBC shows are set to stream the next day on Peacock, not Hulu, starting in the fall. And we've we've been seeing this. Disney took back the Marvel Netflix shows. They're going to Disney I'm Plus this month. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I saw where uh, all the Marvel stuff has gone off Netflix. So, they did announce today that 20th Century Studios, made for streaming films, will be exclusive to Hulu now. So, Hulu will be getting original films from a major studio. But... They will not be getting NBC Universal programming. They will not be getting Disney programming. Well, they will be getting Disney programming on Hulu, but I mean, it's just because Disney is major owner of Hulu. I think when they bought uh, Fox, it put them at sixty percent ownership of Hulu. So, but I honestly, I would like to see Netflix lose. The DC Comics shows, so that they can go to they go? HBO Max. And HBO owns DC. Warner Brothers owns HBO and DC Comics. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I, I can see, and I. I've tried to look up the date when the contract expires, and I cannot find it, but Smallville is currently on Hulu. I would not be surprised to see that taken from Hulu and moved to HBO Max. However, on the same situation, Warner Brothers is licensing out a lot of their stuff continuously, so they may not ever take all their DC stuff back. Because right now, Netflix has a section devoted to DC Comics. Has Jonah Hex movie in there, has the Arrowverse shows from CW, has some of the Batman movies. So, and then if you go to Tubi, they have the Swamp Thing show, which is not owned by Warner Brothers, but it's, it's still a DC property. They have... The Flash from 1990, which is owned by Warner Brothers. They have the Ruby Spears Superman animated series, which one of the episodes had an appearance of Wonder Woman in it, and it was fantastic. Which, that whole animated series, though, for Ru the Ruby Spears Superman was really good. It's only 13 episodes. Anybody out there who's a Superman fan, I highly suggest checking it out, because it was really done, really well done animation. But there's, like, the, the old Batman 66 show, again... Warner Brothers doesn't own it. It's 20th Century Fox that made it. 
Warner Brothers has distribution rights right now, but it's on Tubi. So there's a lot of stuff that Warner Brothers keeps licensing out, so they may continue and then bring it back and then continue licensing it out along the way to keep things fresh on there. But Disney, I see, taking their stuff away. Did you notice what came to Netflix? No. Seinfeld. No, I don't care. Dude, that's one of the most successful shows of all time and still is in syndication. It was canceled like two or three times along the way. Do I? It was canceled like two or three times along the way. Well, it might have been canceled two or three times, but it was one of the most successful shows. Not in my book. I never did enjoy it. And that's... Never will watch it. I love it. And that's why, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld of these days doesn't have to do a damn thing because of that show in anticipation. He's still raking in millions from that. <clears throat> yeah. He can well, make I started it. watching Seinfeld. I've watched... I can't ever recall watching it from the very beginning, so I queued it up last week and watched maybe two shows of it, and I was like, this is genius, I love it, but anyway. I remember when it was paired up with Cheers at the the start, and it is did not Cheers showing anywhere? I don't know if it's streaming on anything or not, I don't look for it. I would like to start, I would like to start watching that again too. Let me look that up on Apple TV, see if it's shown on anything. The, the one that I would love to see streaming somewhere is the complete series of Murphy Brown. But they say the, oh, that too. the music rights is the issue on Murphy Brown. And I'd almost be okay with them changing the music out of it just to see the shows again. Even though I want the shows as they were originally done, I could I could deal with losing some of the music out of it to get the shows back on. But while you're looking that up, I'll, look, I'll go to the next one. This one was a big one for me. This is from Variety. It's on Peacock. Cheers. Cheers is on Peacock. Oh, well. See, I don't watch Peacock that often, so... But from Variety... play the first episode from 1982, from September 30th, 1982. Again, from Variety... The one that thrills me here. Muppet series about electric mayhem band set at Disney Plus, Lily Sing to Star. You know who the electric mayhem band is, don't you? No. It's Animal and Janice and I Zoot, I think, is one of them. Dr. Teeth, Floyd Pepper. Zoot on saxophone, Floyd Pepper on vocals and bass, Janice on vocals and lead guitar, Lips on trumpet, Dr. Teeth on vocals and keyboards, and Animal on drums. It's the Muppets Band. Oh, so it's that, it's that band that plays on the Muppets. Yep. They are getting their own series. If it doesn't get canceled. Because the Muppets were supposed to have a new series on Disney Plus when Disney Plus started and that got canceled. So hopefully this one will make it because I love my Muppets and Animal's the only reason I like that guy that Geico commercial where there's an animal in the attic. Yeah. Now didn't they make a 
think a new Halloween special coming up this year? Was it last year? They did the Haunted Mansion last year. We watched it. I thought it was a different one they're coming up with this year. Uh, I know Disney's doing another Haunted Mansion, which so desperately needs to be done because that one with Eddie Murphy we reviewed, not so good. But it doesn't say anything about any other projects. It just says, The Goldberg's okay, creator, Adam F. Goldberg, developed the series along with Bill Beretta, The Muppets, and The Muppets Haunted Mansion and Jeff York's, based on characters created by Jim Henson. Goldberg and Beretta also executive produced with York's co-executive producing. Michael Bostick and Chris Eber also executive produced along with David Lightbody of the Muppet Studio and Lee Slaughter. ABC Signature and the Muppet Studio will produce. So... Originally meant to create a new Muppet series set just after the events of the film Muppets Take Manhattan, but that show was scrapped before being ordered to series. And that's all it really says that I see of any other projects. But, see, I didn't even get that much information before. I did not know the Muppets series that they had set up at Disney Plus was to take place right after Muppets Take Manhattan. Which would have been fantastic to see. But, but I'm all for more of the Muppets. And since we're talking about shows that are coming and shows that didn't happen. Of course, the big news of the weekend was the Batman, but we'll talk about the, the gross in the second half. This is from IGN.com. The Batman. Gotham PD series has, quote, evolved, and it honestly sounds better, to become an Arkham, quote, haunted house story. Gotham PD is now going to be focused on Arkham Asylum. And I am very happy about this because it's something different. If you're going to make Batman constantly, don't keep doing the same thing. And Gotham PD would have basically been a remake of the TV series Gotham that ran for 100 episodes on Fox. We don't need another Gotham. We need something different. And Arkham Asylum has a lot of potential to it. Arkham Asylum's a video game. Well, this is a new TV show that basically their idea of Gotham PD has evolved into Arkham Asylum. And Yeah, that's a video game as well. They're turning um, it into a TV show. But the Batman is also giving us the Penguin TV series on HBO Max. So... This is almost just like overkill with all this stuff. No, don't ever say that. I just did. Because until I get my Wonder Woman animated series, there is no overkill. There's... I'm saying it's overkill on Batman. How much oh. more shit are they going to spin off from Well, I keep show? saying they need to stop doing Batman and Superman all the time. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I watch them all. Because, you know, I love my Superman and Lois TV series on the CW. 
I don't. Uh, it's a good show. And they introduced Bizarro this year, which I like Bizarro a lot. I know a lot of people don't think much of him as a, a hero or a villain, but Bizarro has a lot of potential when done right. And the way they're doing him on Superman and Lois, I'm really enjoying. So, but... I'm just saying, what I'm saying is Batman's been done to death. Oh, I know. And I'm I'm very much looking forward to the Batgirl movie later this year on HBO Max. But it's again the Bat Family, the Gotham Knights. I think is the show coming to the CW that they've got some cast announced for. And I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. But I will be watching it. And. Still feeling like, hey, we need less Batman family and more other characters. But this this one's from Variety since I just mentioned it. The Gotham Knights pilot at the CW has cast both Fallon Smythe and Tyler DiCiara, D-I-C-H-I-A-R-A, as series regulars Variety has learned exclusively. Smythe and DiCiara are the first announced castings for the pilot, which is based on characters created for DC by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. The one-hour drama takes place in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder. His rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the Cape Crusader. And as the city's most wanted criminals, this renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names. But in a Gotham with no dark night to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. However, hope comes from the most unexpected of places, as this team of mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors known as the Gotham Knights. So it does have potential for really good storytelling there. It's kind of dark for a CW show, honestly. Like, they're usually not that negative. They're more upbeat and light from what I've watched. Like, even Supernatural wasn't as dark as what this one sounds. Well, Supernatural had some dark stuff in it. Yeah, but this one, it just, it, it seems out of place for the CW, basically. And it, it may be a success, it may be a terrible, it may be burdened by being on network television like that, where they can't get as dark and gritty as they could on HBO Max. So, like I said, I'll be watching it and see how it comes out, but again, I would like something more than just Batman all the time. But my final piece of entertainment news that I have this week, this is from Collider.com, Kevin Smith launching comic book imprint with Dark Horse Comics. And I don't know how much you know about Kevin Smith, but I absolutely love the man, and he knows his comic books. Clerks was a great movie, but everything he did after that, as far as his comedies, got even better. Because Mallrats, Clerks 2, Dogma, Chasing Amy, great stuff there. And... If you've watched Comic Book Men or listened to his podcast or listened to him in interviews, you know that he knows his comic books. And he also has directed Supergirl and Arrow and The Flash episodes, as well as appearing in The Flash at one point. Oh, speaking of Flash, I 
speaking of comic book, I was in a toy store this weekend in Gastonia, and I was standing beside this woman, um, and uh, she struck up a conversation with me, and um, after she left, the, the guy that was running the store is called, anyway, forgot his name, but anyways, he said, did you ever hear about the story about the woman who found the comic book, some kind of comic book at the, um, at the, uh, Goodwill and said that she bought it for $5 at the Goodwill. It's inside a case for $5. And it's one of the, I don't know, X-Men comic books or something. And come to find out it was, it was worth $17,000 at auction. And she saw it. Yeah. And she put it up for auction, and it went for $17,000. And he said, that was her. He said, I said, you kidding me? And he said, she's the reason why you can't find anything at Goodwill anymore. <laughs> she said, he said, because everybody goes plundering through Goodwill, looking for comic books now and all the video games and stuff. You can't find that there anymore. And I said, well, damn. And it's like we talked about last week, the VHS. Oh, it's a huge craze for VHS tapes now. And quite honestly, I don't want VHS tapes anymore. I've got lots of them, but... Oh, I've got totes of them. I've got stuff that I've recorded off of TV on VHS. I've got stuff that I've bought on VHS. And it's all in good shape, but... Turn on the ceiling fan in here. It's getting a little warm. Yeah. Well, that won't be happening too much longer. Cause yeah, I saw the temperature is supposed to go back down. We're going to drop. Which I'm happy about. But, you have any other entertainment news you want to talk about? Uh. No, not that I can think of. Okay, well, then that brings us to the unfortunate segment. First up from BBC.com, Linda Barron, open all hours and come outside, actress dies aged 82. And I believe it said she was in the original Doctor Who series. Trying to find it. She also appeared in Doctor Who, Last of the Summer Wine, Down to Earth, Dinner Ladies, and Barbara Streisand's 1983 film Yentl. I don't see a cause of death, though. But at 82 years old, one would believe it was probably natural causes. Also this week, Deadline.com, Laurel Goodwin dies. Elvis Presley co-star, last surviving cast member of Star Trek pilot, was 79. She was in the 1962 film Girls, Girls, Girls with Elvis, in the original failed Star Trek pilot starring Jeffrey Hunter. Her death was announced by her sister Maureen Scott, a cause was not disclosed. She relocated from Wichita, Kansas Maureen, to California in, during said, World War II. You 
Maureen Scott or reminds me of Maureen Prescott anyways. Yeah, Maureen Scott was her sister. Said she debuted in Girls, Girls, Girls as one of two potential love interests for Presley's character. The other was portrayed by Stella Stevens. Over the next decade, Goodwin would appear in numerous TV series including The Virginian, Get Smart, The Beverly Hillbillies, Mannix, and The Dane Curse, but it was a performance in an episode that never made it to air for which she earned an enduring cult following. She played Yeoman J.M. Colt in The Cage, the unaired 1965 pilot for Star Trek that starred Hunter as Captain Christopher Pike. The pilot was rejected by NBC, though some scenes were recycled for a 1966 two-part episode, The Menagerie, after William Shatner had replaced Hunter as the Enterprise captain. Goodwin, along with her husband, producer Walter Wood, produced the 1983 Burt Reynolds Lonnie Anderson NASCAR comedy Stroker Ace. I remember Stroker Ace. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was. From USA Today, Tim Considine, the actor who played eldest son on My Three Sons sitcom, dies at 81. His Considine died Thursday at his home in the Mar Vista neighborhood of Los Angeles, his son Christopher told The Hollywood Reporter. His death also was noted Friday by D23, the official Walt Disney fan club, and in a Facebook post by Stanley Livingston, who played his son Chip on the series. Livingston called Considine my lifelong friend and surrogate older brother. At age 12, he appeared with Red Skelton in The Clown... Appeared on TV in The Adventures of Spin and Marty and Hardy Boys Adventures, which were short serials that aired on the Mickey Mouse Club. And that's the original Mickey Mouse Club that I remember watching reruns of, but still. Wait, was that the one with Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake in it? No, this was the one with Annette Funicello in it. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Mickey Mouse. Donald Duck. But from Deadline, Billy Watson dies. Child star of Mr. Smith goes to Washington and in old Chicago was 98. Only one member of the family troupe, Brother Gary, survives. William Billy Watson was remembered in an online announcement on March 1st. He was loving and kind. He could light up a crowded room with his laughter and exuberance. He will be greatly missed by all who knew him, his family said in a statement. The Watson family were all child actors who appeared in hundreds of films starting in the silent era. Billy's credits included such as Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Little Minister, The Winning Ticket, Kidnapped, and Young Mr. Lincoln. Next up, from ABC News, Dark Shadows and Lethal Weapon actor Mitchell Ryan dies. Mitchell Ryan, who played a villainous general in the first Lethal Weapon movie, a ruthless businessman on TV's Santa Barbara, and had character roles on the soap opera Dark Shadows and the 1990s sitcom Dharma and Greg, has died. He was 88. One of the worst ones that I saw this week, for me personally, this is from MSN.com, Good Times actor Johnny Brown dies at 84. 
Actor Johnny Brown, best known for his role as housing project superintendent Nathan Bookman in the 1970s sitcom Good Times, has died. His daughter, Broadway actress Sharon Catherine Brown, confirmed the news in an Instagram post on Friday. And if you don't remember who he was, he was the one who always wore the coveralls coming in. Malona always made fun of him. But he was, I remember Bookman. He was always a joy on the show. And finally, this one I saw tonight, and because it's topical, I'm going to talk about it. I don't know the actor, but this is from Deadline. Ukrainian actor Pasha Lee killed amid Russian shelling in Irpin, according to reports. Ukrainian actor Pasha Lee was killed on Sunday in Irpin under shelling by Russian forces occupying the city located west of Kiev, according to local reports. The TSN Television News Service and the Odessa International Film Festival said the actor, who is also referred to as Pavlo Lee and Pasha Lee, was 33. Lee is said to have joined the Territorial Defense Forces of the Armed Forces of Ukraine last week to defend his native country during the ongoing invasion. In a post to his Instagram account on Saturday, Lee wrote, For the last 48 hours there is an opportunity to sit down and take a picture of how we are being bombed, and we are smiling because we will manage and everything will be Ukraine. We are working on And there's a picture there in the article of him with the female. I'm not sure who she is because it, it, they're both in camouflage. She has a phone in her hand. But I did want to give him a little bit of a tribute for the simple fact that he died a hero helping his country trying to defend the onslaught of a murderous dictator, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And with that, we have come to the end of our first hour. This week we reviewed No Exit, the Hulu original film, and the original Netflix film Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So we'll be back in just a moment with those reviews. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back. First up, as always, let's go to Box Office Mojo for the top ten films. Remaining at number 10 for a second week after eight weeks in release and over $80 million at the box office, Scream. And number nine, I am not about to get this title right, so bear with me. Gangabai Kathiawadi. It is from Paramount Pictures International, first week in release, $592,000 have no clue anything about it, so I can't tell you. Up from 9 to 8 is Cyrano, 678783 in its second week for over $2.5 million total. Down from 5 to 7, Jackass Forever after 5 weeks, over $54.5 million. Holding at 6 is Sing 2 after 11 weeks, $153,684,085. Down from four to five, one I still want to see, Death on the Nile, two and three quarter million in its fourth weekend for over $37 million total. Dropping out of the top three for the first time in 12 weeks from three to four, Spider Man No Way Home, 
brought in another $4.5 million in its 12th weekend, $786,607,846. What's the world gross right now? Uh, well over a billion, but I don't know right offhand. Down from two to how three. Do I, how, do I, how do I find that? Look up Spider-Man No Way Home International Gross. Down from two to three, Dog, starring Channing Tatum. Over $6 million after three weeks, just over $40 million. Out of number one after two weeks, drop into number two is Uncharted with Tom Holland. $11 million its third weekend for over a hundred and a quarter million dollars. And debuting at number one with a bigger take than was expected, a bigger take than was tracked, Opening weekend, $134,008,624 went to The Batman. What was that again? The Batman, $134,008,624 actual gross over the weekend. Damn! So, this is a good sign for DC Films because, you know, we still have the Flash movie, the Black Adam movie... And Aquaman 2 coming. Each project has more interest building in it. And with the Batman, which is, again, we talked about it, overdone. Making over $134 million and getting really good reviews. It sets up very well for Black Adam, The Flash, and Aquaman 2. That's actually, I've got to tell you, I'm really surprised by those numbers. Or is that just domestic? That is domestic. It was over two hundred and fifty million worldwide, I believe. I looked up um, Spider-Man: No Way Home. It's right now sitting at one point eight billion dollars worldwide box office for the Batman: two hundred fifty-eight million two hundred eight thousand six hundred and twenty-four dollars. The international take was one hundred twenty-four million two hundred thousand. So, so whereas so far the Batman has made more in America or in the United States than it has in the world, the world box office seems to be $1.1 million or $1.1 billion higher for Spider-Man No Way Home than the domestic. Yeah, it says right here, Spider-Man No Way Home now swings into the sixth highest grossing movie in history. And like I said, wow. with the DC films coming, this is a good omen, and it may be the start of DC finally getting the respect they deserve, instead of just automatically being hated on, because, let's face it, Marvel has had the box office hands down for quite a while, Marvel's had a lot of stumbles along the way as well, but people forget about those because it's Marvel. Let's, you know, let's not fault Marvel for anything. Eternals. Eternals. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Eternals. I wasn't a fan of Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was awesome. I like that one. Everybody talks about how... Aven- I've heard people say Avengers Endgame is the greatest movie of all time. I'm like, it's full of plot holes. Because, spoiler, but, you know, the movie came out like five years ago. If Steve Rogers were to go back in time, 
and live his life and not be Captain America. Who's going to believe that? Who's going to believe that Steve Rogers, the person that he is, would not be doing everything he could to fight crime along the way? Okay, speaking of potholes. Like I said, I rewatched Scream this past weekend with two friends. There's some obvious potholes in that. Oh my God. Did you? One of them is when they go visit Dewey. And they're standing in the, in the, in the trailer visiting with Dewey. And they're talking about um, what you call her sister being attacked. Nowhere did they tell her that she was in the hospital. Tell him that she's in the hospital. And all of a sudden he said, um, well, is, is anyone in there at the hospital protecting her? They didn't tell him she's in the hospital. You know, the the only... I, I can see how they could get around that. He's not just an everyday citizen. He was a former sheriff. And also, whenever Judy Hicks called for backup to her house... You know, people were on their way. She managed to get out of the car. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. She's going to the house, and all of a sudden, Ghostface attacks her and kills her right there in the front of the house. All those houses around her, she's screaming and hollering for help. No one comes to aid her. And then, go inside... And it's a solid 10 minutes before the sun gets attacked. Those cop cars should have already been there. People should have already arrived to the scene. Paramedics should have already been there. That's another pothole. Uh, it's, it's been several years. They've, they've lost funding and don't have the police force. There you go. I cleared it up for you. So, that's what I'm saying. Even they pointed it out. They said, the police should have done a bit there because she called for immediate backup and they were on the way. Well, that's, that's like I said, too. I love Scream, and I think Scream oh, I is one of the best uh, horror like movies ever made. But when I talk about greatest films of all time, Scream is not going to be one of them. Oh, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying, it's a very fun series to watch. I love Scream more than anyone else, but that was a serious two problems right there. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. People think that I don't like the Marvel movies because of the blatant plot holes that they've had and the issues they've had that Marvel loyalists refuse to fault for. It's not that I don't like the films. It's that I just, I see the problems and people don't fault them for it. And that's where the problem comes in. Like, I enjoyed Avengers Endgame a lot, but... In the movie, they say if you go back in time and change things, you create a new timeline. Steve Rogers went back in time. We're supposed to believe that he lived in that life, never went fighting crime or anything, because, you know, that was all about what Steve Rogers was, was doing the right thing. And he lives in the same timeline and grows old and reappears at the time he left as an old man. I have a problem with that because because Captain America is not supposed to age. Well, I mean, it would be 80 years, so 
Yeah, I, I could see him aging at that. Because they never said that he wouldn't age. No, because... He was frozen, he was, and that's why he didn't age. I thought he didn't age because he was Captain America. No, he was frozen and didn't age. Okay, that, that explains that. Okay. So, so that, yeah, that, that I didn't have an issue with. It's the fact that I'm supposed to believe that one of the most courageous men in the country would not go out of his way to fight crime when he went back to live with Peggy Carter. Maybe he was fighting crime back then with her. I'm supposed to believe that going back and changing the snap created an alternate timeline with Thanos, but Steve Rogers going back and living his life with Peggy Carter did not create a new timeline. So we don't know what happened because all we know is she, the only saw is her inside the house with him, and then it fast forward and there he is on the park bench. But he wouldn't have been there. It would have been a different timeline, according to the movie itself. I know that. So that's but. that's what I have a problem with. If you're going to tell me that the movie is one of the greatest of all times, it can't have blaring plot holes like that. And that yeah. is a blaring plot hole that Marvel loyalists refuse to admit to. I can see that. And, and I've always, you know... I'm not trying to knock Marvel. I'm not trying to knock DC. I'm not trying to praise either one of them overly. But I've always said, if you are one of those people that say, you love Marvel, everything else sucks. Or you love DC and everything else sucks. You're hurting yourself. Because Marvel has a lot of great stuff to watch and read. DC has a lot of great stuff to watch and read. You are missing out if you refuse to watch them because it's the company. And... As the companies have proven, they appreciate each other. True. So, okay. that's my soapbox for tonight. But it's just one of those things that's always bothered me. And yes, I'm really geeking out over it. But it's it's the way I see it and the way it keeps happening. So, But with that, we're going to start our review of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. IMDb ranks it 4.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 32% tomato meter, 29% on audience score, and on Metacritic, it's got a 33%. Paul, you picked it. You talk about it. It sucks. That's not the way you talk about it. Oh. Okay. It sucks really bad. Uh, I was warned about this movie. I wanted to watch it, but I had several friends going, no, it sucks, don't waste your time. I thought, you know, it's Texas Chainsaw. What can you do to make it suck? Well, yeah, they success that. They, whoever whoever produced this film, was it? I guess this was a uh, Netflix original, right? Yes. So, I mean, they had a good actor in it. Let's see, where's his name? Um, oh... There was a good actor in it, um, one actor, but I can't find him right now. But anyways, it's about this group of people who are investors who supposedly bought a ghost town. Um, there was one of the pairs was a famous TV personalities, and it's trying to get all these investors to come in and help them, like you know, 
this is our town. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And it, it all boils down to there's some certain individuals didn't want to leave. And they ended up, one person ended up passing away. And it made one of the dudes mad. And one of the dudes on there was Leatherface. The original, it was supposed to be the original Leatherface. And the whole backstory of it is one of the women um, who was in the original, was she actually in the original movie, Chris? No. And they used her in this one? This is, I'm just going through the trivia right now. The first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie to feature the original's main character, Sally. However, in this film, she is played by, and again, I apologize for the name, but Owen Foray. As the original actor, Marilyn Burns, tragically passed away on August 5th, 2014. Okay, so she was playing her part. Okay. However, there is, right after that, John Larroquette serves as the narrator in this film, as well as the original 1974 and 2003 versions. So they did have the original narrator. They did carry over something, so anyways. And the house. and the house, yeah. It's probably not so, the same house, but it's made to be the same house. Yeah. I mean, there were some scary parts to it. There was some... It was a, a little far-fetched here and there. Um, people here don't know there. what they're supposed to do. You know, don't leave the bus. You know, then the girl goes, fuck this, I'm leaving the bus. I'm like, well, you're dead. But... And then, did you? I guess you saw who the major sponsor of that was, don't you? From the get go. Cheez It? Huh? Cheez Its? No, Tesla. Uh, I saw the Cheez It right there at the beginning. Yeah, Cheez It. And there was driving a Tesla, and they made sure you saw that Tesla emblem. See, I didn't see that because I wasn't really looking, but I saw the Cheez Its in the the convenience store, though. The car they were driving was a Tesla, and they made sure you saw it many times. So, um, it's okay. Will I watch it again? No. Did it stay true to Leatherface? Not really. It, it's just, it. It kind of creeped me out a little bit when the sheriff's band wrecked towards the beginning, when they were taking the mob to the hospital, and Junior was in the back with him, and then the the it was just he broke his arm and stabbed his uh, stabbed that guy in the neck with his arm. I mean, I had a hard time dealing with this one. I did. It was just a lot of gotcha. It was a lot of gotcha parts in it, like. Uh, I struggled with this. Well, I'm, I'm going to say the, the setup, the premise, was really good. The story like and the execution was, the was terrible. I, I like that it was an old town. I was trying to get investors to come. That was neat. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the actual premise of we've gone all these years. There's not been another incident. And the... The survivor's still looking for him and yeah. hasn't been able to find him because he was wearing a mask when she was when she encountered him. And, I mean, that that premise was good. 
The execution was, was terrible. And something, the Harlow sign said population 1974, which of course was referencing the original film. But my thought was, where do they actually have signs that say the population? I have never actually seen one in the real world. I've seen them in plenty of movies. But I've never seen a sign that said population such and so in real life. I'm trying to think if I've seen that myself. Huh. I don't think I have. I'm wondering if it's like a out west kind of thing or... Well, a little birdie's out here saying they, they saw one in Florida, but I have never personally seen one, so. And I was also thinking when I was watching it, how how do you keep updating that? Because population changes constantly. Well, when you're that town, that small of a town, it's a ghost town, uh, uh Looks like they, they had a population of three at that point. None. The guy driving the red truck, then the old lady, then Leatherface. Another problem that I had with it was the, the red truck deal where it runs around them and shoots out the diesel smoke and keeps on going. And then all of a sudden, a little bit up the road, there's the police van on the side of the road and the cops standing in the middle of the road waving them to stop. Why? That made no sense to me at all whatsoever. That, that whole part made no sense. It's like, we just want you to be careful. Like, if what? you're going to meet them, why meet them on the road like that where you risk getting hit by the car because somebody might not be paying attention? Why not just go into the ghost town and meet them there? It was just... I don't know. It was dumb. Like, it made absolutely no sense. And watching it, I'm like, this is just dumb. Why is this happening like this? And I felt that way through a lot of the movie, actually. Yeah, whoever wrote the movie, it's bad. It really is. And... There's a lot more that I could go into and just really lambaste it. I'll I'll put it this way. I watched it earlier today. I started watching it full full attention on the screen and it felt like hours were passing. So while it was running, I came in the kitchen and started cleaning the counter and the stovetop because I was that bored with the movie. And I was like, you know what? I can listen to the movie and get some cleaning done. And kill two birds, one stone here. And the movie just never got good. It, it, it had some... The, the special effects in it was pretty cool. Oh, but the blood and all that. I'll give it that. But that's the only thing I'm going to give it. Well, the very first thing on the trivia on IMDb says... The film was initially stated for a theatrical release sometime in 2021... But all plans were scrapped due to a strain of disastrous test screenings. It was subsequently sold to Netflix. They might have uh, made I, their money back because it was a $20 million budget. They might have made their money back before word of mouth got out to destroy it. But it would not have made much more than their money back. Yeah, 
it would not have covered cost of it's promotion. A legend, it's a legendary fan base. It is. And they probably could have easily made their money back that first weekend. Easily. But, and maybe a little bit the next weekend, but that would probably have been it. <laughs> I love this. This is under the spoilers. Something that was already mentioned in the the trivia before it said spoilers, and it doesn't spoil anything. It says, The road sign says Harlow, population 1974. The original movie, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, came out in the year 19, 1974. What exactly did that spoil? That wasn't a spoiler. And, and like I said, that was already in the other trivia. So, the IMDB trivia page is just as bad as the film, apparently. They're grasping at straws at that point. Well, there's there's two mentions of John Larroquette being the narrator. One leaves out that the prequel of 2006 included John Larroquette as the narrator. But it's just... I mean, I've, I've given about all I can on this. It's all in... If you can bear to get through it, there is a hidden scene at the end of the movie... And it's just as bad as the rest of the film, and you're like, we didn't need this. You're talking about at the past the credit? Yep. See, I stopped at the credit. I fast-forwarded through the credits just to see, because I always do. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it's a little 20-second clip that really... Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, because... I mean, I, I hope people will stay away from this film because it's really that bad. But, spoiler if you're wanting to watch it and you can skip through here, but Leatherface goes back to his house at the end of the movie. Oh. Okay. That's all it is. The house where Sally was living, he's walking up to it. Okay. So, but that's about all I got for this one. Do you have anything more you want to say or you want to go ahead and give it the terrible rating not we're a, going to give it? Not a bit. Uh, you picked it. You go ahead and rate it first. 1.5. And that's exactly what I'm giving it, but that's only because the premise. Without the premise, maybe a 0.5. Okay. Okay, I give Chris, them a point for the premise. Which one's a better feel? This one? I'm going to have to go with the fan-based Friday the 13th on the stipulation that this was an actual studio film that should have had good writers and good production and all that, and that was a fan-based film that had a fan write it. So the fan that, that was actually a good film. <laughs> no, it wasn't. There was nothing good about well, it. Well, with it being a twenty, it was a twenty-five thousand dollar budget. If I wasn't mistaken, I think that they did pretty good with twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, maybe. But we'll move on to the Hulu original film, No Exit. Metacritic gives it fifty-four percent. IMDb has it six point one out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes, Tomato Meter is fifty-seven percent. The audience score is fifty-eight percent. This is the story of 
a woman in rehab finds out that her mother has been hospitalized. She wants to go to see her mother. She's not allowed to leave. She escapes, goes on the road, and on her way, she ends up in a snowstorm and is forced to go into the visitor's center, which is a shelter for the evening, to wait out the storm. And a lot of mystery, and I don't want to give too much for the people who do want to watch this. But literally, all hell breaks loose. But yeah, it's there's a lot. And it keeps you somewhat interested leading up to it, but when it gets to the welcome or the visitor center, it starts picking up pretty good. The story I thought was a really good story. And gonna say it, Dennis Haysbert and Dale Dickey, love them both. Dale Dickey, as I said last week, was the daytime prostitute on My Name is Earl. She was in Sorted Lives. I mean, she is her own special little actress there that I just love her. And Dennis Haysbert was President Palmer on the TV series 24. He was in an episode of Laverne and Shirley back in the day. So, yeah, I've loved Dennis Haysbert for many years now. He, and he also does those insurance commercials. Yeah, well, I like seeing him on TV. I don't really care about the insurance commercials. That's how I remembered him. Oh my God, it's that dude from the insurance commercials. But, the, there is a good bit of mystery in this. Some of it you can foresee. Like I said, I don't want to... I'm afraid to go further into the plot because that's where it really gets good after what I set up, which is the actual setup of the film. And I don't want to give everything away so anybody who actually wants to watch it, but there's a lot of good stuff in, in there. There's... There's some slow moments as well. Like, I wanted this to be better than it was, but I did enjoy it. Well, about halfway through the film, there's a major twist that I did not see coming. I think I know what you're talking about, and I pretty much did. The maid. Oh, no. That that I did not see. That was towards the I, end. I did not see that coming. Uh, I'll tell you what I was thinking about later, but you probably foresaw that too. So, but, but yeah, I've, I've talked on it. What what you got to say for it? I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot of there was a lot of like just when you thought was you knew it was going to happen, then there's a lot of hold your breath moments in the in the film. It was um, it was interesting. It was entertaining. It actually, um, I didn't find myself drifting away, wanting to look at my phone. You know, if it's something super bad, I'll grab up my phone and start looking at it. This one, I did not do that. Uh, it kept me sucked in, and I really appreciate whoever wrote that. Um, the quality of that writing, um, I really enjoyed it. So, um, I liked it actually. Will I watch it again? I would probably watch it again with some friends. So. Um, for for those who want it, it released on Hulu at on February 25th, 2022. It is, as I mentioned earlier, 20th Century Studios releasing straight to Hulu. And the 
the trivia, the only trivia they have on IMDb is based on the book of the same name. The only goof they have is for a snowstorm to have closed the roads. There's little snow buildup at the rest area at the, as the night progresses. And, you know, I didn't even think about it, that goof. It didn't even cross my mind that there wasn't a, more snow than there was. But... I didn't think about that either, but... But, I mean, that um, you can also explain that away as the Welcome Center was the last place before it got really bad. So it may not have gotten as bad there as it was because she was going up the mountain, wasn't she? She was going up the mountain like a mountain pass to get to Salt Lake City. Yeah, so if she'd have gone further, it may have been impassable, whereas Uh where she was, it didn't get there yet. Well, they said the road was closed ahead of her, and they made her turn around to go back to the visitor center. No, she went 100 yards forward, I think, is what they said. 100 yards forward to the visitor center, that's what it was. But... There were some issues with it, but the snow I didn't even notice. Yeah. So, any other things you want to talk about on it, or we want to wrap it up there? Like I said, I enjoyed it. I could see myself watching it again um, with a group of friends. And um, I honestly think this could have probably made it if they would released it in the theater. I think it would have been one that I could see in the theater with the with the sound, the special effects, especially the special effects of the sounds going on. I could have saw, I could have saw this one at the theater. That's how much I like it. I'm trying to see if they have a budget. There's no budget listed on IMDb. I'll go to Wikipedia here and see if they have anything. Lot, cast, production, release, reception. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything of the budget, so apparently they've not given that information out. But, I mean, it didn't need a huge budget. I think they could have easily made their money back at the theater, like you were saying. But, it's it's definitely worth the watch. It's not the most fantastic film I've ever seen. It's not really so much of a horror film. No, it's like a... It's it, like a I'd give it a thriller for the mystery, but it's it's not really... There's nothing really scary about it. There's some definite twists, and like I said, the one you mentioned didn't see, but the, the other one that I'm not going to talk about, I saw it coming. And... So, with that, I'm going to go ahead and rate it. The production value was good. The cinematography was great. You you got the feeling for the characters as it went along. And you're talking about a 90-minute film that you actually understand these characters. And most of it is dialogue-driven. So, you get to know the characters pretty well. And they, they do it kind of seamlessly, too, which I liked. So... I'm going to give it three and a quarter. Not the best film I've ever seen, but definitely worth the watch. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right there with you. Three and a quarter as well. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, it, was, it was actually entertaining and it kept me focused on the film. So it did, it did what it was supposed to do. 
So with that, we have finished our reviews this week. And I do already know what I'm picking for next week. Because premiering Friday on Netflix, another Netflix original, hopefully way better than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We will be, uh, you can't really... Don't fault me on that one, please. We will be watching the much-anticipated The Atom Project starring Ryan Reynolds, where he travels back in time and has his fut- his past self aid him. And it also has Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo in the film. So, I think the first time they've been together since 13 going on 30. Which I enjoyed. I don't care what anybody says, I thought 13 going on 30 was a really good film. So that is my pick for next week. And the next week, I believe, will work out as well. Because premiering on HBO Max on December... Or not December, on March the 17th, the new series based on a DC comic, DMZ, starring Rosario Dawson. So I plan on reviewing that one as well. And Benjamin Bratt is Yep, as always, Paul will be late to the program with that, but he'll find something. So... Those are my choices for next week and the week after. So we've already got that set, and then Paul will figure out something. Anything else you want to talk about before we go? No, not that I can think of. One thing, and I want to point it out that I am not advocating for higher gas prices but I did see come across Biden is cautious on an all-out ban of Russian oil due to the fact that it will cause gas prices to rise so much but honestly I'm at the point where I want Russia to get nothing I'm fine with the gas prices going up again because of not buying from Russia but for those who want to support companies that have not been buying from Russia anymore, there is at cbsnews.com slash russia dash cor, and it's all that I have on my phone here, but the article is called, These are the corporations that have pulled out of Russia since its invasion of Ukraine. And real quick... For gas, because what made me look this up was Shell announced their defense of buying discounted Russian oil. So um, that, coupled with them still drilling in the the mating field or whatever it was called of the orcas, I'm pretty much done with Shell at this point. But the ones, the gas companies that pull out of Russia... Includes BP, Equinor, Exxon, Shell. And how Shell pulled out of it, I don't know when they went back and bought discounted gas from them. But that is what is on this article. And something else that I saw that's kind of, is kind of ingenious for people to do. A way to help support the people of Ukraine. I don't know if you saw it, but people are renting 
Airbnbs and not going. I saw that. So they're providing an income to the people of Ukraine the best way they can, which I think is pretty I'm not awesome. Showing up. Yeah. That's actually ingenious. So great little plan to help support the country of Ukraine and I know Zelensky says he doesn't want to win the war, he just wants peace. Yeah. Which, and he has been amazing. Like, you really do get the feel for the Ukraine people. and He is. He is a true leader. Yep. Leads by example. Did you see where the former Miss Ukraine uh, from like 2017 is in the trenches fighting? Nope, but I've I've said it many times. This conflict, this which is now actually nothing but a war, it has proven how amazing and courageous the people of Ukraine are. Like I never knew anything about these people before. Not that I had anything against people of Ukraine. I just didn't know anything about them. But what we're seeing, and the thing I think I talked about it last week, but the thing that proves it more than anything is the clip of the Ukrainians giving a Russian soldier a phone after they captured him to call home and let his family know he was all right. Yeah. I mean, who does that in war? Did you see SNL's opener this past weekend? I, I don't watch Saturday Night Live, so no. I heard about it, but I didn't see it. You need to look it up. And also look up Weekend Update and, and watch it. I did uh, see a clip. He's talking about, he was, was talking about them capturing the Russian soldiers, right? Capturing Chernobyl and the Ukraine. And that's like, they made like on, on the Weekend Update, that's like, okay, um, this, is, this is Ukraine's reaction. Oh no, not Chernobyl. <laughs> Like, what are they going to do with it? <laughs> well, it's a nuclear power plant, and and that's something else. Is no Chernobyl's closed down. Chernobyl's closed. It's, but the, it, I mean, it was from the it was from the meltdown. They they could, I mean, there's there's potential to reopen it and get it started back up again. So, I, I yeah, it it could be a problem, and. I did see that there was a power plant, and I believe it was a nuclear power plant, that Russia attacked and had set on fire, and that actually was a war crime. So, don't know what's going to happen. And I, I saw, I believe it was yesterday, maybe two days ago, that the White House had called for all U.S. citizens to leave Russia. And that makes me wonder, are we getting ready to go in? Did you not see what I put on Facebook the other day? I don't use Facebook, so no. Well, you are on Facebook. No, I, I don't use it anymore. I, I don't get on there. Anyways. I, I post this link and never oh. go to it. Okay, let me talk. On Thursday, I was on my way to Winston-Salem to go to Salem, uh, to go to Old Salem, just to see if their gardens were starting to bloom. I took the day off, and while going there, I got, behind, got with a, you know, 
vehicles will stay in the right lane because we're going slower. There was, it was several miles long, a whole convoy of just military vehicles heading east to Fort Bragg. Miles long of different kind of military vehicles, just all sorts of different ones. Was it a 40 mile convoy? No, it wasn't 40 miles. I'm, ta- I'm being serious, Chris. I, I know not, you are. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm saying it's that's what you and saw was. I, I'm, what I'm saying is and, what you saw was pretty spectacular in your eyes, but then you think that's nothing compared to the the oppression Russia is giving with the 40 mile convoy that went into Ukraine. I know, but that's just that one. We got tons of military bases across the United States. So I know, but imagine what's going on with the rest of them. And and I will say that North and South Carolina seem to be two of the bigger locations for our military to deploy from, from what I've seen Fort through Bob, history. Fort Bragg and Fort Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Texas, of course, would be another one. But, so, you could have some other need for the military being brought in like that around here. It's it's highly well, possible, but I I hope well, that we can get in there and end this because I just I feel incredibly sad for the people of Ukraine, and you you just put yourselves in their shoes, where you look at this is a country that really has been not bothering anybody to my knowledge because like I said I knew nothing about them before all this really, and. They have a murderous dictator trying to come and take over their country, and all they want is to be left alone. And you think, what if that happened here? What about when it did happen here, and it was terrorists attacked us? How did we feel about that? Now compare that small attack comparatively to this onslaught, destruction, annihilation, obliteration of the country by Russia. And that's why I want us to go in and end this because the people of Ukraine don't deserve it. Yeah, there's a girl who I'm friends with on Facebook. She posted on it. She posted a comment on that picture, and she said she's already got two friends have been deployed to go over there. She said they're already leaving. I know that American Visa and Mastercard. American Express, Visa, and MasterCard have all ceased operations in Russia. So that's going to be a major hit to the people of the country. And why Putin can't get over this, I don't know. But other than the fact that he's just a crazy, murderous dictator. Yeah. But with that, we will come to a close. And... Until next week, goodbye everybody.